0: Counter-Press Podcast. I'm your host Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, Gareth Bale scores his first goal for LAFC. How you doing uh,
1: today? I mean, this 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 week has been a great week. Right, a lot of things have been happening. LAFC wins a game. Today is my daughter's tenth birthday, so happy birthday Hey-o. to my little girl. And my brother job. had a yeah, my brother had a baby. So oh, you know it's it's celebrations all around this week so you know like i said it's it's been a great way to cap the weekend um and tomorrow we head to universal studios so it's gonna be busy but you know it's been busy but uh, like i said this this win definitely you know puts a little energy into my steps knowing that i'm gonna be in the sun for the majority of the day tomorrow yeah yeah uh good yeah
0: good win skc came out with a great game plan really stifled what lafc was trying to do for the first half really difficult to to build any sort of possession against them with the way they had their midfield uh pushed high and staying compact um they i mean they really just took out ilia and even even acosta from much of the first half uh and looked dangerous on a on a couple different occasions but we all know how it goes if LAFC go in level at half like this is not this is not Bob Bradley's LAFC right they're uh if they go in level at the half they're going to score and they're going to win um I think it's safe to just say that like that's what they do zero points conceded from winning positions Josh I mean and they went two nothing tonight
1: The crazy thing is I remember at the beginning of the season right there was like I think it was Max and Vince were talking about that specific stat, right? And like, because I think at one point, what did we lose like 12 points from 12 winning points positions? 12 points from winning positions last year. Last year, right? Which was the difference between the playoffs and not. Yeah. And then now to be at this point in the season where, you know, and to have given, you know, to have given up no point, I mean, to have lost no points from winning positions. Is yeah. absolutely nuts, right? And it, not and only speaks- not
0: only that, but so I want I want to go back just real quick. What you said: twelve points from winning positions, and you would have made the playoffs. Certainly, you probably would have been like fourth or fifth seed if you had had them. But <laughs> last year, more than half the teams in MLS made the playoffs. Like, I don't think I we sh- we should ever let that go. How poor of a performance you have to have. To not make the MLS playoffs, even this year where it's exactly half will make the playoffs, but especially last year where it was uh, even fewer teams missing out. Um, just embarrassing really to not make
1: the playoffs in MLS. I mean, you have to be the galaxy to not make the playoffs that many times, right? So. Mm, love it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, it's a good. it It's these are all incredible signs, right? To see the way that this team is evolving, to see the way that this team is putting it together. Um, Because again, these are, these are, these are the biggest concerns that we've had over the last few years, right? It was even in our best years where we're, we're, we're waiting with bated breath to give up that goal, to give up that, you know, to give up something stupid. Um, And you just don't see that anymore, right? It doesn't mean there aren't going to be nervy moments, you know like teams aren't coming in expecting to lose right they want mm-hmm. to come in and beat LAFC and you're going to get everyone's best shot um but it says something when you you're, you take everyone's best shot and feel fairly comfortable moving you know the rest of the way out right and i think this is one of those situations where yeah in the first half skc looked good right the way that they controlled they were controlling play they were they were um I think either dominated possession. I think 50 55 to 45 or something in the first in the first half. Mm. Um and seemed I mean, like it ended 60 40. to SKC. SKC had, had, had 60-40. 60 40. Yeah. And again, which is crazy because <laughs> who would have ever thought this team after the way that this you know based on this way the way that this team had been built over the years yeah. um would ever cede possession to anyone right? But I think it's this understanding that there's a time and a place. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's kind of the interesting thing. I think Matt Doyle had written something about it, which we've seen it over the course of the whole season. Um, Yeah. And, and had seen glimpses of it, glimpses of it even last year, right? Where they've tried Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out this new Mm -hmm. style and try to, you know, and that's kind of where the, the emergence of Mamadou fall um, came, came about. And you, you see some of this talent there. Um, because that ability to now play different play different ways now does benefit you, right? And again, it's it's one of these things where you're not going to be, you know, there's some games you can you can press like mad for 90 minutes, right? But by the end of the season, it takes it stole yeah. Um, and sometimes and sometimes you have to be able to just sit back and take you know take take some shots early in the game. And once you're able to survive it, then you just pour it on in the second, right? And that seems to be their MO more than anything, right? When the beginning of the season, where we would give up that early goal and then fight back, whatever. Right. Um, you don't even see that anymore, right? It's a lot of... It's locked you know, down. It's, it's locked down for the very, very beginning, right? You're going to give... It seems like they're giving up chances, but again, they're throwing the kitchen sink at LAFC. And again, I don't know what it is about Chiellini. You just feel relatively comfortable there with that pairing of him and 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 mario um it just it just feels like a match made in heaven especially now that they've had a game a couple games now to kind of work things out you you saw Chiellini way more advanced and so they're playing that staggered center back yeah um in possession where mario's you know you know basically stays in our defensive half of the field while while Keelini will push up into the offensive half in kind of like a single file so mm-hmm. that way if there is does happen to be a ball then Mario basically just cleans it all up um well that's the thing is Mario
0: this again this it's not a surprise to anybody we're not breaking any new ground here but Mario is an excellent sweeper like mm-hmm. he is that's his best quality and he's the best sweeper in MLS like bar none he's the best one-on-one Defending center back, like there, I don't think there's any dispute over that, right? There's other mm-hmm. parts of his game that you're like, oh god, I like, please don't try that ever again. But like in that regard, if he's one on one with somebody, there's no threat of them scoring yeah. at all.
1: You know, so. again, that and again, it it, it and it, when you add a guy like Keelan into the mix, and we talked about this last week, right? It just it just solves, well, it solves, but it, it definitely. Covers up some of his downfalls a little bit more, right? And then that's what you need yeah. in Major League yeah. Soccer, right? Is again, if if some of the defenders in Major League Soccer could do it all, they would, you know, they they're getting snatched they up by European there. clubs yeah. um, sooner than later. But you know, in this case, right? You know, when you're when you're able to find guys like this, um, you know, it's about ba- it's usually a matter of maximizing the time that you do have and finding a pairing that makes sense rather than anything else. And yeah. I think. know We've kind of struck gold here with what we've been able to uh, assemble.
0: Did you just stumble upon a conspiracy theory regarding Mamadou Fall? Hmm. That because he has shown the ability to do literally everything a world-class center back needs to be able to do, pass, dribble, defend, win aerial duels, score on set pieces, that that's why they're sitting him during this transfer window? (laughs) So (laughs) teams stop knocking on the door?
1: It could be the case, you know. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is still. It's still boggling to me that he hasn't seen the field, but at the same time, yeah, he's also not playing out playing any of those three guys at the moment. Yeah,
0: I mean today, today, who did we see? We saw Mario start with Chiellini, and then at halftime, uh, Segura came on. Right? right.
1: So that that is your preferred pairing. Yeah. At center back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With every all you know, with a healthy roster across the board. Yeah,
0: start that. Start those guys every single, every single week. Let Chiellini do forty-five every game, just to get you through that first forty-five minutes when it LAFC uh, might not take the lead, but they're not going to concede the lead. And then bring in Segura, or you know, if Murillo needs a, a rest, then you do it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, rotate those three guys through, and Sebastian Ibiaga can. Ride the pine, and we can all uh, cancel that appointment with our cardiologist.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it, it just it just feels way more complete when you have that when you have those guys yeah. there. And, and yeah. I'm sure there's going to be opportunities. The season is long; it is hot. Keeling is not going to play on turf, right? So those guys will will find their time at, mm-hmm. at a certain point but again i think if you were to ask lafc brass at the start of the season or let's let's transport this current roster to the start of the season and say okay who are you picking to start a game this is it right yeah, yeah. you know like i said like we saw some great things from fall but at the same time i do think i do think that you still would still prefer this group you know, as it stands based on what yeah. we what we currently know because again it just feels more steady and given given we all, where we are with our attack and how and how we've found trend low to coach, I feel like it it just makes a whole lot of sense just because yeah. again, it gives you that defensive stability and then from there the you know your your higher priced forwards can do their thing.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the attack and and the the state of our attack. A lot of noise surrounding Chicho Arango. He wants a DP contract. Uh, The team doesn't see him as a complete forward because he doesn't defend or press well. Um, But one thing, I would say two things are for certain. The man can score in this league if you find him in the right spot. Like if you use him as you should, and I'll get to that in a second, he's going to score. He's going to bury everything. And he's also a good influence on the team, like you talked about last year. Like he's the de facto leader on the team. It might be Carlos Vela by name or de jour, right? But Chicho's the guy. He's the heartbeat of the team. Um and I think that still holds true in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um Chicho to me is uh, I referred to him today on on Twitter as a two touch striker. I realize that's not common vernacular. It's something that I use a lot to kind of describe a a striker who's going to find himself in a good spot, get on the ball, and bury it. Not necessarily like a Chicharito, who is just like the classic poacher. I don't know if there's been a better poacher than him, to be honest. Uh, He's just going to pop up at the craziest spots and just going to finish however he has to. Chris Wondolowski is another one, unless he's playing Belgium, right? Um, But Chicho, if you isolate him on on a defender one-on-one, and feed him the ball. He's gonna take one or two touches and the next touch is gonna to be in the back of the net. And I I don't see why you would want to get rid of anything like that. Unless he's demanding some crazy salary or, you know, uh unless something's terribly wrong with his character, then you can't get rid of that. In a league that requires you to have a salary cap and is always is always it has all these goofy rules about who you can and can't sign who you can and can't bring in and players might not want to come here, but this is a guy that wants to be in LA that you kind of found in the, you know, he's just playing in Colombia again after kind of flaming out in Europe. Um, just adjust and make him fit your scheme a bit, which I think they've shown that they can do if they want to play on the counterattack and use him ahead of everybody then that's exactly what you want. I mean, he was involved in both goals today because he's playing advanced like further in front of everybody. Um so just lean into that just a little bit in the in the way that you play rather than move on from him.
1: Yeah, and and I think the tough thing is that obviously you you have this DB contract looming, but at the same time you actually don't have to do anything for a while. <laughs> right. Like, he's I, under you know, contract
0: for another 18 months. Mm-hmm. So
1: and so your your obviously your biggest concern and your is whether or not he becomes a discontent which again mm-hmm. he hadn't shown he hasn't shown that side of him so thus far yeah right but again you never know um but at the same time like I said he doesn't seem like he'd be the type um you know to to let it affect his play um but at the like I said um we'll see what happens right money money ultimately talks yeah the the, i think your biggest concern and how you juggle this whole thing is try to maintain those u22 spots um and again i know this is u22 stuff has been somewhat of a i feel like it's somewhat taboo in lefc speak because we've we've had some of these these more prospect signings come through right and a fair amount of them have not quite hit right you know Mm -hmm. we're basically like what, two for 12 or something like that? When <laughs> well, comes... I mean, let's
0: go through them. So, I mean, U22 signings. I mean, really, it's the four South American youth players from the U20 World Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Rodriguez, Pancho, Palacios, and and Sifu. Yeah,
1: and Rodriguez probably... is
0: obviously the DP, so I don't know if he really counts, but...
1: No, I think he does. I think he does because I think you have to look at you know because I, I would throw Andre Orta into that mix too, right? Yeah. In terms so I mean, of, you went
0: two for four with the South Americans, and you went two for five if you include Orta, uh-huh. right?
1: Because I think the question becomes not necessarily whether or not, like I said, I think the issue is more investment in young players, hoping that those guys are the ones that take off, right? And we yeah, and yeah. I think we've we've been not we've been we were harsh on Sifu at times because again, I think he was that guy that we assumed was going to be that complete package. And he's
0: had a, he's had a long way to develop though. Like mm-hmm. he's not Sifu now is not even who Sifu was at the beginning of the season. For sure. Let but alone I think last season.
1: When he came in, right. I think all of us were clamoring for him to basically just wrestle that job for Mark Anthony K and not look Yeah. Back, yeah. Right. Because, or from Latif, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I think that he's definitely had his growing pains, but ultimately, you know, the way that he's playing right now is everything you would want, right? You know, again, at least, at least with the way that the, the team is playing around him, and I think that's the other part of yeah. it, right? Is it is he incomplete? Sure, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a young player that they're all going to be incomplete. The question is, does does the does the team around him be able to support him in a way that lessens the blow? from from his his weaknesses right is it is it something that you can can you you can withstand because i think you've seen it in past you know last year especially right where sifu's playing the false nine or you know a more attacking yeah. role and that that final ball just wasn't there for him mm-hmm. right then you fast forward to this year and you put a healthy carlos fella you put in you know costa you put in ilia these guys who are who are all distributors or who are cable all capable of being distributors and you turn him loose into the half space and he becomes this monster right who who yeah. can finish chances and does his thing and works hard on the press and does all the stuff that you need him to do and so again sometimes i think it's just a matter of you know the context matters if you will yeah right in that case yeah so i mean
0: so let's let's park on Sifu for a second again as we're talking about the attack what Sifu does really well, uh, he arrives in the box at the right time. So, he, like, run, he he's often the runner that guys are looking for. We saw it today, uh, Opoku gets all the way to the end line, and who's at the penalty spot? Sifu. Uh, he takes a bad shot. Like, <laughs> uh, it's the right technique. He's just trying to redirect it right, but he opens his hips too far, so it goes wide. Um, but you know, two weeks ago, it was him scoring two goals against Galaxy or, you know, um, so it's just that kind of, those kind of inconsistencies are going to smooth out over time. But again, if you're, if you're, if one of your eights is scoring, you know, eight to 10 goals in a season, like you're playing really, really well. Like that's a lot of production from there.
1: You know, but again, but the supporting cast around him is so much better. Yeah. You know, like you said, like it, it just fits. So smoothly knowing that, you know, with him playing the way he does to have guys like Uli and Acosta around him, because I think he just, it, yeah, it raises the floor around him, mm-hmm. you know, again, and again, does it directly affect him sometimes? Not, not really, you know, but I, I definitely think the floor is more stable for him to, to, so, to, yeah. you know, so this is work. one of
0: those places where I think that his game needs to improve. When you watch him on the ball, he's going to take too long on the ball. He's a lot like Latif in that regard. When he gets on the ball, he's he's very dribbly. He's like he runs with like more power and like faster. He's just like faster straight line than Latif on the ball. Um, so he can beat people, but he also he also dribbles himself into a ton of trouble, or he's not very aware of what's going on around him, and he'll get dispossessed from behind. I was count, I kept. I was keeping track in the first half. There were three or four times where it's like he'd get on the ball and was dispossessed from behind. But when you have guys like Vela and Acosta and Ilya who are like more tactically aware players, they're gonna pop up in spots to support him better. Where when it's Blessing next to him or it's a Poku uh, out on the wing, which ha- was again today, and I think that's one of the reasons Sifu struggled because that he was on the left side today. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think, I think you're going to see that more often because Sifu is going to get himself into a bit of trouble by being overly dribbly and then lose the ball because he doesn't have any support because it's a Poku. And I, I, were you, I don't know how you watched. I was on ESPN plus, so I got the SKC broadcast, but it came over loud and clear at some point to was yelling across the field at a Poku saying, Hey, you're outrunning everybody every single time. You're way too far every single time. Um, now, whether that's in regard to seafood or not, I don't know, but it certainly fit with what I was seeing, which is that he's he needs a little bit more like, uh, like predictable support for seafood, just so he has like escape hatches.
1: But I mean, you know. but I think that's true of like the whole team, right? It's like the. Carlos needs predictable support. So he actually knows if he needs to make a run or not, or if he should actually attempt to make a specific pass or whatever. I mean, like, you know, like when, when the talent becomes more predictable in a positive way, Mm -hmm. right. The, your, your risk assessment drops dramatically, right. And and you're going to try and get, you know, trying, you're going to try more things than you normally would have versus when your risk assessment looks around and says, Hmm, don't know what I have next to me, but let's see what happens. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I you guess, look at. I
0: guess what I'm getting at is like Vela and Acosta and Ilié are going to look at the situation and understand if there's an advantage to be gained mm-hmm. or not. Like so they'll look at they'll look at who's around and be like, we don't have numbers yet, so we're gonna hang back, we're gonna be a little bit more patient, and I'm gonna support Sifu, right? I'm gonna support him with the ball. Uh where a poku is not making those calculations. It's all turn and burn. It's kind of like a youth player in a lot of ways where it's yeah. like, oh, Sifu's running with the ball. Time for me to run at goal and he's gonna find me. Right. It's kind of this like naive uh sort of way of looking at the game. Um and he'll grow
1: too. But uh anyway, that's Yeah, I mean it's it's that like thinking fast and slow phenomenon, right? Like yeah. yeah. there's certain when you've ma- when you have such a mastery of the thing, like look at Gareth Bale, right? You can yeah. make, you can do, you know, you can make the risk assessment in in real time while also doing three or four things to set you up for success. Yeah, you know. Uh, so it's like all that
0: geometry that you have to do in your head, like, mm-hmm. and like the the physics as well. So let's just go ahead and talk about Bale's goal because, um, it's it's such a good example of what world class actually looks like and how like, uh. How different it looks in this context. You and I were talking a bit before the show, but like I couldn't think of another. I guess Latan was kind of like this, but like there's not very many examples in MLS of somebody coming in and just being so comfortable, but also bought in. Um so Bale's goal, uh SKC are batting the ball around a bit, and there's kind of there's a bit of an errant pass. It's on target, but a little bit, it's a little bit under hit. And Bale steps into the passing lane and one times a pass directly to Chicho um, through two or three different SKC players. So he's, he's closing down the ball, gets there first outside of the boot, hit with a lot of pace to get there in time. And then it's like, he immediately knows that it's on Chicho turns to beat his man. And so there's basically one defender to beat. And then Bale is just galloping down the half space to get into position. It goes back to Bale from Chicho, and he makes a little cut inside, and Bale's finish is like disrespectfully calm. Like, it's not an easy finish. You texted me this. It's not an easy finish to beat the keeper near post like that, uh, especially in the deck. And he's just he couldn't be bothered any less by what is going on around him, and just slots it in. Like, yeah, uh, it's a it's a Saturday afternoon, and I'm gonna you know, this is what we do. Like he doesn't even care. It's crazy.
1: Well, and again, and that comes back to that our trust, our you know our conversation about trust, right? It's like he he actually the the that for initial ball, I feel like the the placement of that initial ball to Chicho is is hit with so enough pace, but also into a place where only Chicho can get to it on the turn. Yep. Right, like he know Bale sees the Sandy, you know the uh, SKC defender a bit flat-footed and playing off of Chicho, you know playing off off the shoulder on the opposite side. So where he puts that ball is where when Chicho because when Chicho makes the turn, and I, we've seen Chicho make th- that turn before, mm-hmm. but not with that much space left to run right, because right. the heat, you know, like I said, where the ball was placed just puts him into just a perfect position to succeed and well, because ba- I think- Bale is
0: actually communicating hey dummy you turn <laughs> you're right that, mm-hmm. I'm saying dummy but like it's it's like he's instructing him he's communicating to him through the pass you're gonna yeah. turn this way at this speed right um and it's something you see from Chiellini too the way it, the way that he passes as well it's something you see when you watch Europeans uh, European oh, football yeah. right Anyway, sorry I, I
1: cut you off there. No, I mean, but again, but sometimes, especially with with new guys on the te- on the team, right? Like that communicate, you know, that nonverbal communication sometimes gets lost in translation. Yeah, right? and yeah. then and then that that trust starts to break down, and then you have these situations where you're you're expected, you know, like your your big name guys are expected to just do more than they they really, truly need to, versus yeah. the way that they're currently playing, and this is scary for the rest of the league. Feels like they're having to put in like seventy five percent effort to get the results that they're quite they're getting right, and, and, right. and I, I mean that in terms of you know your your top your top line attackers, right? In terms of, of you know Vela Bale, you know, and, and Arango, right? Like yeah. those three guys, right, are not, are not, are operating in, a, in on a whole different level than than mm-hmm. the rest of the league, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's insane,
0: yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes ever regarding regarding football is from Marcelo Bielsa. I know I've said it here on the show before, but he, he once, you know, he, he used to give these maniacal pressers, right, when he felt like the like the press was not giving him a fair shake, and he said there are thirty seven ways of communicating with a pass, <laughs> and it's like Bale Bale put at least seven or eight different things like stapled seven or eight different post-it notes to that ball as he sent it to Chicho because it was just the turn, receive it here on this foot, get out into space. I'm going to make the run off of you. Uh, So um, it's just, it's just fun to watch
1: people play like that and play
0: that quickly.
1: But I mean, but that's what great players do. And that's Mm -hmm. the funny thing. That's also what great players who have played on bad teams do. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And like, you know, like Bale did not always play for Real Madrid, right? Like, Came, you know, was at Southampton, was at Tottenham. Look at his and, national team, yeah, yeah. And so it's like one of these things where it's like I, f- I feel like his his soccer upbringing has prepared him wealth has prepared him in a different way than most as it pertains to major league soccer. Yeah, you know, like I said his his footballing arc definitely screams a guy that's going to be able to make adjustments to the talent around him as opposed to a guy who needs the talent around him
0: to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. You're not talking about Cristiano in the box like mad because the service isn't good. You're talking about a guy who is fine shouldering a lot of the responsibility to get the team going. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: All right. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, the the other goal from this game was uh, was great. Uh, it's a great team goal. It kind of comes quickly. I think it's Ilya that picks up the ball ball goes into Acosta who's kind of playing in the in-between lines in between the SKC lines is a bit of a 10 at that moment. Uh, And he turns and fires to Vela, Vela and Opoku make these crossing runs and Vela dumps it off to Opoku as he goes through. And there's Chicho one-on-one with a, with a center back one touch. uh, And the next touch is in the back of the net. Uh, Absolute rocket near post. Um, So I mean, this team, this team really can counter attack well. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is that, uh, and this is uh, from our friend LAFC Luke, who pointed out that they've broken the single the season record for goals from subs. Huh. Already, I guess that was with Bale's goal, but that is an insane. Like it's July, and they've broken the single season record for goals from subs. It just I mean, it, that's absolutely wild to me.
1: It speaks volumes of the roster build, right? In terms of JT who's finding, coming up yeah. yeah, just finding that right combination of veterans and young talent to finally put together. And I think it's a, it was, it had to have been a pivot for him going from what he was previously doing in terms of roster build to what it looks like now. Um But again, it's hard. It's hard to argue with production. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, Dolo's pulling the right the the right strings. I mean, I guess they're easy strings to pull when you're subbing a Gareth Bale.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it just it <laughs> but, just feels like, you know. But again, I think it's one of those things where it's like you almost have to swallow your pride and say, okay, how can I how can I take this group and then put them in the best position to succeed as a as opposed to sometimes it's like this is the only way to succeed is to play this specific right, way and right. this specific type, right. Which Don't try and is, jam
0: the square peg in the round hole. Just yeah. Just go with it, which is what we're screaming about with Chicho, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, you have this great thing. Just let these guys create, and they're gonna be great. So, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, anything else from this game, Josh, that you want to get to?
1: No, enjoy it, LAFC fans. Right, bask in it. You know, take it all in. You know, enjoy the fact that you know we have basically, you know, we have our our two DPS plus a bunch of TAM guys playing like they should be getting paid DP money. Um, Yeah, again, it's a good time to be an LFC fan. Yep, Uh,
0: LAFC are on 45 points. Next closest team is Philadelphia, who have played 22 games, so we have a game in hand on them. Then there's a tie for, uh, I guess what would be technically fourth place between NYCFC and Austin. Both on twenty-one games at forty-one points, so uh, we're four points clear of the teams that have the same number of games, and we're three points clear of a game of a team that we have a game in hand on plus twenty goal difference. Um, I mean, this team is just—they're firing on all cylinders right now, and they're they're fun to watch when they're not playing Vancouver <laughs> midweek. <laughs> um, all right, let's get in some questions here. Let's see. These up real quick. All right. So the first one is from Ozzy Barajas. Escobar was pissed coming off the field. Do you see that as competitive passion or unhappy at the club? He is a major player that helps keep our roster super deep.
1: Um, I think it's him just being competitive, right? And especially as a defender in a one-nothing game, you want to be on the field. Um, you know, I think that's just nature of the beast, and he—he was nothing was really coming down his side that it didn't seem like he would be able to to extinguish fairly easily, right? As as it compared to the other side of the field, so yeah,
0: yeah, I—I mean, I didn't play professionally, so we'll caveat that right now. But me coming off the field as a player was all like my frustration was always. I screwed that one up today. I should have played better so they didn't have to sub me off, right? Yeah. And it's not that he played poorly. SKC's got a good attack. Like, those guys uh, with Shallowy and uh, and Johnny Russell. And the, who was the guy? Eric Tommy, the German guy? Man, what a signing that. That guy mm-hmm. was legit. He goes to show you what, like, a really good, complete midfielder can do for your team. Because SKC have been bottom feeders this this year, and they were able to possess just fine and create chances just fine today. Yeah, um, I think, and it largely had a large uh, had a lot to do with him. So, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and it was, I think, it was his first, he had barely trained with a team. Either yeah, this debut.
0: Like... He's only been here for a few days, so kind of wild. So, yeah, for us, it's uh, it's him just being mad at himself. So, competitive passion, I guess. Uh, Mike Oxlong at three deuce, five deuce. Ah, three, two, five, two. I see. Uh, I'm surprised we still haven't signed our third DP. I hope we don't wait too long so we allow enough time for them to acclimate. Maybe that third DP goes to Chicho, and we use that cap space to sign another high caliber player. We've had great success signing good players as non DPs. You know, so there's a there's an interesting point here. If you do sign Chicho as a DP. You get a lot of funny money back, <laughs> so you can go sign a tam level player, uh, and all you're out is a couple million dollars from Larry Berg's pockets. Um, and none of us care about that money at all. Like <laughs> as far as we're concerned, there's an infinite amount of owners' money that we can. The funny,
1: spend, right? the funny thing is, right? It's like, oh, we've been hearing these things, but like, oh, if they don't sell, if they don't sell Rodriguez for ten million or this person for X a million. Then it's, you know, it's such, it's so bad for the team and that da, da, da. I was listening to um, allocation disorder the other day and they're basically like, I forget who they were referring to. They're basically like, if you if you get paid. Like two mil. Right, it's basically like. If you basically pay, get a fair share plus enough to cover like the some of the like transfer fee stuff or whatever your your the amount of allocation money you get from that sale is is set right so you're not mm-hmm. getting if you sell Rosie for 20 million you're still getting you know 200k in allocation yeah in allocation yeah. money or whatever so it becomes a situation where you know I think ultimately when you look at how how they go about it again I think it's it just the roster build's going to be a bit interesting, right? Because I think maintaining those U-22 spots is going to be really important. So I I just, yeah. that would be the one thing that I'm concerned about moving forward is how do they maintain that? And they made it do it also, to be fair, unless he becomes a miscontent, they don't really have to do a whole lot at the moment.
0: Yeah. Unless you sign him to a DP contract, throw Larry Berg's money at him. Uh, use the TAM money that you save on his contract now because you're not paying in TAM to buy down Carlos's contract and then you go sign another U2, U22 DP. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of things to line up. Or, I mean, we all got our fingers crossed that Gareth Bale sticks around um, yeah. and takes okay. a DP spot next year. But you do, wait. there's no telling what happens. That's a problem. So anyway, yeah. good question. At yoyotore66, playing in hot, humid weather sucks, just
1: like SKCLOL. Josh? Yeah, I mean, who, that kind of humidity is rough. So,
0: yeah, I mean,
1: like, you know, there's a reason why MLS has developed that reputation of being a slog through the summer, and it's because of things like that. Yeah. And so you, because they insist on playing an off season calendar. Yeah. You know, but it is what it is, and you yeah. you move on. But at the same time, it's like just one of these situations that you ultimately just have to figure it out. So yeah,
0: uh, I do want to I do want to shout out some people. Uh, I tweeted out my wish for today, which was that Gareth Bale would start and go ninety. Um, a bit flippant, obviously, but uh, nonetheless, a lot of most everybody said it's going to be too hot. Uh, Gareth Bale is a professional athlete who used to live in Madrid, Madrid was ninety nine degrees today. And I, I get it. Heat wave, whatever. Uh, but like these are professionals and plenty of those guys went 90, but the reason he doesn't go 90 is cause he's not, he hasn't been in training. He hasn't, he, this is his off season, right? Um, but he'll be going 90. Don't worry guys. Uh, eventually. And it won't have anything to do with heat. Uh, and then he's going to go play in guitar. So yikes at somber Amarath, another well-fought victory. Not necessarily pretty, but what matters is getting across the line with a dub. The silver lining is that we could be so much more dangerous. We must not get complacent and push to tighten up our game to reach that potential. Josh?
1: No arguments there, right? Ultimately, I mean, like, the sharpness will come with time. (laughs) It's like their second game altogether, Mm -hmm. pulling it together. And obviously, there's decisions that need to be made on you know, as a whole, but I think it's one of these things where I, as long as they're winning, they'll be, you know, again, the most people are going to be content, right? And it's, it's a whole different story if he's asking for this contract and we're losing every game, right? He's right. been, right. you know, he's been a reason why we're in, a, in that position, but again, it does some things in terms of how you look at, you know, how you how you make your decisions moving forward too, as well, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, JT's TAM dealer at La Banda Popular. Did you see any tactical adjustment between the first and second half to account for the explosion of offensive productivity? Um, Both goals that they had came from plays in the midfield to the striker or a forward, right? Uh, The first one we already mentioned was Kellen Acosta getting on a ball in between lines. So he's in space in the middle of the field, and is able to find Carlos. And then he and Apoku and Chicho do the rest from there. Uh, but being able to turn over the ball and play through the midfield. To a midfielder who can actually hold up play for just a second. Turn the ball upfield, field and then play a well-timed, well-weighted pass. Boom. There you go. The second one comes from Gareth Bale himself. He turns the ball over himself. And we already talked about that pass, which is just phenomenal. Uh, to to Chicho. And then he makes the run off of him. So Josh and I excuse me, Josh and I have been talking for years about LAFC's need to have people through the middle of the field that you can play through on the counter. And back in 2019, when teams still were still trying to catch up with LAFC, they were fine turning over the ball with Mark Anthony K and Latif Blessing and then playing through into space. And teams figured that out and shut that down. And then they didn't have anywhere else to go because they were a one trick pony in that regard where they were just going to play a ball through the back line and run onto it. Um, But if you have guys like Acosta and Bale and Vela coming into the midfield, if Sifu can start to tighten his decision-making a little bit and and find better passes, and if Chicho is good in hold-up play, uh, this is another thing we've talked about with him, Get on the ball, take a few touches, and then dish again, and then go get back in the box, which is what we saw from him tonight on on Bale's goal. Um, if those things happen, then they're going to continue to be really successful in the counter. Yeah. If they don't, I, we're gonna it'll look a lot like it did in 2020, where you're just sending balls into random space, trying you know just praying. Yeah, that was I a long mean, answer. Sorry.
1: You know, I mean, it, it definitely feels like there's more more thought put into it, if you will, <laughs> right? And and I think and then, like, yeah, that can leap forward well moving forward. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: Uh, Tom Camilleri at Fan 7
1: <clears throat>
0: Keep racking up road wins in tough conditions. That will only help us for the playoffs. I know everyone wants the third DP, but Chicho with the goal and the assist tonight. How much do they really need any potential roster disruption now? Yeah, I, I think Josh and I, are both in the camp that they're not going to sign a DP right now. There's, there's not really a need to, um, this team has more than enough firepower to, to win at all and to go contest CCL as well. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, your biggest concern, which again is awesome. move forward is whether or not you from a roster perspective, right? Whether, whether you can fit it in and still maintain those three, um, U twenty two DP, um, quote unquote, right? It's like a mini DP, if you will, yeah. Right, and so again, you can see the fruits of that labor in terms of just what their current crew is able to do and how they kind of go about it. Um, it just sets up nicely. So
0: yeah. yeah, uh, Tom goes on to point out. Can we also talk about Bale's about how Bale's goal was set up by Bale hitting Chicho with about a twenty yard pass with the outside of his foot. Then Bale sprinting to get himself into open space for Chichu to find him. And there's going to be more of this. So we already kind of talked about this, but it, like it's not going to be lost on people. People are going to pick up on this stuff because he's going to do all kinds of incredible things because he's an incredible player. Uh, yeah, which and, is,
1: which bodes well for Carlos Vela because, again, yes. the second he f- finds space, good luck. Yeah, yeah.
0: At the Bacchanal. Uh was great to see Bale score. Honestly, I think Chicho is worth a DP spot if that's what it takes to keep him on the squad. Yeah, I again you you have something good, no need to really change it. Like Josh said, you're you're not at that decision point just yet. Um there's still time, but don't go sell him just because you can. Um yeah. and last one here, Josh. Uh let's see. Oh, it's two it's two replies. Uh for the short amount of time that we saw Vela, Bale, and Chicho, we saw Vela drop to a true ten. Thoughts on a possible four one two one two? So a four four two diamond. Uh I don't believe there was a singular deep lying six. If I remember correctly, it was Sanchez and Ilya. What? As a double pivot. <laughs> he must mean he must mean Acosta, Acosta. or Mendez, maybe yeah. uh, as a double pivot. Four two one one two. I don't know. Then it was a four two 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 uh for a split second with Latif and Sama. And man, there are a lot of weird names in here. I think he means Latif and Bale. Um I actually texted Josh at some point asking if it was a four three two one when it was blessing and bale underneath Sifu. Um Josh, why don't you go ahead and spitball on some of these formations and how they might shake out if some different yeah. looks that they can go with.
1: I mean, like obviously you have the four-three-three, right? Which is our traditional formation. But I think the way that suits them best is to play um, that Zidane Real Madrid style, where you have that right winger basically cutting inside into the midfield and functioning as a number ten underneath Mm -hmm. the two strikers. Right where now Vela is that guy who makes that first threaded pass to Chicho, who can either pass to. Who's either going to make that pass to the bail, or he's that guy who's going to finish it one time or whatever it may be, right? Yeah. So you 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 put the onus on your best passer to make you know to make the final ball, but it also now gives um gives seafood license to to run forward into space, which he's been you know devastating. You know he's been so good at that as of late. Um, and then again, you have Acosta and Ilya deeper taking care of things right yeah which again that that formation is about the same as that 442 diamond right you could run that four two three one right um oh. where you're gonna play either I think we saw it towards the end of the game where I think chicho was um yeah I believe chicho was functioning as kind of the number not uh the number 10 underneath the striker and it kind of does some weird things there but again it gives you a, a Sifu?
0: A, a, was that, yes, a we, again, yeah? Sifu again was
1: a 10 and was yeah. kind of just playing as this knockdown, you know, knock on striker, right, Where you're just feeding in balls and then letting guys run right to it. Um, and so again, yeah, they can do a couple different things where you know, and I think the one thing to remember is that you know, it's, it's something that Vince and and us and two of us have talked about extensively with. As it pertains to formations, that those are just often the starting point. Right by the time it's all said yeah. and done, when you're making recoveries from set pieces, all these different things, people are going to be in different positions, and so I think it's just a matter now of trying to figure out, you know, again, because there's there's not so beholden, I feel like, to the to going about it in a very specific way, you know, for lack of a better word of putting it. It just puts you in a in in a better situation. So yeah, you have a little bit of that. You can sit in the four four two and just feed balls over the top, right? to Vella and you can you can rest them there. They're they're in that kind of mid to low block um, towards the end of the game there, right? Where you have uh, and then they're pressing vertically, right? So you have Bale and and I think it was who was on with him at the end? Um, like in, in, in defense, I think it was like Bale and Sifu floating around floating around. So Sifu it. at
0: the end was like kind of playing as a as the lone striker. Once yeah. Chicho came off, Mendez came in. Um oh and, and that's this when they had kind of, that 4-2-3-1 yeah. or four yeah.
1: five one. Um because again you now have Mendez who can but he was playing like that right wing position what that was or like right midfield position which was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I mean again there's so many different ways that they can go about it. You know, so it's exciting to see them kind of just figure these things out in real time and figure out what what suits them best.
0: Yeah. I, I guess for me it's it's more about the roles that they're playing. So if you if you point to them and you say, "Oh, we're going to play a 4-3-3 three, three, and it's going to be a narrow front three where you know wingers are in the half spaces," um which is pretty much how they play uh fullbacks overlap when possible or when necessary. Um I'm I'm good with that. And uh, but the one thing that I'll say about that is Chicho isn't going to be as effective there. Like if you're asking him to drop in and be uh, Bobby Firmino, it's not going to happen. That's not who he is. Uh, so if you if you find a role for him in that system, that almost looks more like a four three two one, where those two mid where those two wingers are playing almost underneath him, and playing balls forward to him and then running off, like you saw in Bale's goal. Or they're feeding him once he's isolated, then I think he's gonna be more successful. If you put him in a four, two, three, one, I think it's similar to that. Uh the problem is as you move to a four, two, three, one, okay, now you're asking something different of Sifu, which I think he's perfectly capable of doing. He can be the anti ten, he can be good driving the ball forward. And if he's flanked by Bale and Vela, they're gonna cover up a multitude of sins. So when it comes to yeah. <laughs> is not releasing a ball, right? Well, so I, I think they like you said, they have a ton of different options to go with. The one that I want to say, and uh, Josh may may never want to speak to me again after this. But even if you if you wanted to, this team would be good playing out of a three four two one, where you go you you say, okay, I want that front three to be Vela and Bale with Chicho up top. We're going to let Palacios and Escobar get down the flanks, and uh, you know whoever it is behind them. And you take your take your pick of Ilié Acosta Mendez, and Sifu, and then you have Chiellini on the left, Segura or Fall on the right, and then Mario in the middle. Like I think that would actually be a back three that works well, uh, and that is capable of advancing the ball how you would need to.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, don't want them to go to that, but for sure I mean, they could. I, mean, I think you would even play it a couple different ways, right? Where you know you you stick Ilié into that into that. Into that, you know, into yeah. that, almost, like have him drop in between the yeah. in the, in between the lines or in between the center backs, mm-hmm. and he functions as that single pivot, quote unquote. But then now you get because of that more stability, you have that those outside backs being able to have more room to push forward. So right, yeah. The no.
0: thing is, you don't have to go to three back system to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Ilya can he already does, and so you just tell him to do that. It's like you yeah. said, like it's just a starting position. But
1: yeah, which again which? If that's the case, man, good luck to the rest of the league. Still, because yeah, again, I think yeah. when you're when that's your starting point, it, man, that's mm-hmm. your your opponents are already looking up a, up a hill. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, Josh. Well, that's all the questions uh, from tonight's show. Anything else you want to get to, or you good?
1: No, I think that's it. Enjoy the win, fans.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, next match is against Seattle, so it'll be good to test out uh, some mm. of our new toys against. The fabled Seattle Sounders on a
1: short week. I believe it's a Friday night at a, and at home. So, yeah. Um, again, yeah. these ones always tend to be a little bit tough, but at the same time, um, I think, like I said, the depth and some of these things will lend well. We will be missing Kellen Acosta, but again, I, th- I think now that we know the
0: accumulation,
1: yeah, he picked up a yellow card in the game, so he he was the only one that was at, at, in danger. But I honestly think that either you know you either have Latif or Mendez step right in and then you're good to go.
0: Yeah, it'll probably be Latif that starts there. But again, if you can if you can find a way, I don't know if Bale will be able to start still if he'll get enough training sessions yeah. in. But if he starts, I'm not I'm not worried about that midfield creating as
1: much. No, or <laughs> so. or you do the thing where you like you start there and you just weather the storm until yeah you know the 50th minute and then those guys come in and then you're yeah. good. Yeah. Right, so again, I, I, they, again, they have so many, so many more ways to win a game. Um, that again, it just puts you in a good position.
0: Uh, here's something I've been kicking around real quick.
1: We can do a minute on this.
0: Brian Rodriguez as a midfielder.
1: No, nah, I mean he does. I mean his best position has been that like left, left mid in a four four two.
0: He looks best when he's playing when he gets. <laughs> Inside for LAFC, and yeah, he plays as a as a wide midfielder for Uruguay. Did when he was still getting called mm-hmm. up, but um, something to think about, Dolo. Yeah, Call me. I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs>
1: but I mean, I think he's gone. He's <laughs> gone. Yeah. The toughest it. thing yeah. is is just trying to maintain your ability to build this roster out in yeah, in, you know, in the fashion that they have, because I think mm-hmm. that they've they've found based on the current rules, right? They've, they they seem to have found the, 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 you know, the perfect way to approach it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh, Josh on Twitter. We will talk to you all after the Seattle game. Good night. (laughs)